Welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm Anthony Toma, Junior Bindu. Uh, we have uh, Joseph Simona here today with uh, Max Brook Realtors. Uh, we just want to welcome everybody to uh, the next episode of Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. Uh, please uh, remember to subscribe and uh, like the video. Uh, today's episode is made possible by the uh, generosity of our friends at uh, Connect Mortgage Funding. So check out Terry over there at uh, Connect. Uh, and also we have uh, other sponsorship opportunities. So if uh, you're interested in sponsoring an episode, please, please feel free to uh, reach out to us. Uh, Joe, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks uh, for having me. Yes, sir. Anthony, thanks for having me, Junior. You Why don't it. you uh, introduce uh, yourself again and, and tell us uh, what you do and uh, what you want to talk about. So, again, my name is Joe Simona. I've been in real estate for uh, going into my ninth year now. I'm with Max Brook Realtors. Max Brook is a division of Real Estate One. Uh, real Estate One also owns Johnstone & Johnstone, Charles Reinhardt, Insurance One, and a bunch of different affiliates. We call them the Real Estate One family of companies. Wow. So, here basically to talk about the home buying process, uh, leasing versus buying, and how involved the realtor should get in the transaction and what really your realtor should know and uh, how your realtor can assist you and how to pick a good realtor as well. Cool. What, what started you into this? What was your first steps of getting into it? Did you start with Max Brook or was there a different real estate company that you started with? So I started with uh, Real Estate One mm -hmm. and I bounced around my first year until I figured out what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um, and then I eventually came back to Real Estate One. We have a great atmosphere over there. Mm -hmm. It's uh, really a great environment to be in. The, the people there are very helpful. So our, our office in West Bloomfield on Orchard Lake is a dual office. Okay. It was Real Estate One, Max Brook. It was the only dual office there was. Mm -hmm. So we had the option recently of either being strictly Real Estate One or strictly Max Brook. Um, so portion of us chose Max Brook, portion of us chose uh, Real Estate One. and. I uh, ventured off into Max Brook. Is there a split there, or what yeah. is that? I'll explain that the the relationship again. Yeah, like a dual agency. Like, how does that work? So no, it's it's not a dual agency. So, Real Estate One owns all these companies. Ah, I got you. So okay. they're 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 affiliates. That's why yeah. they call Real Estate One the family of companies. Gotcha. Okay. So it's just, uh, you know, Max Brook is a lot more known in the Birmingham, Bloomfield sure. Hills oh, yeah, big yeah. Time. area. Uh, versus real estate one that might be a you know more well known in the uh, South Line, Novi, mm -hmm. Farmington Hills area. Um, obviously, I service all areas. Yeah. But it's uh, it's kind of a name uh, name recognition, gotcha. if you will. Okay. Yeah. Because you usually sure. see Max Brook on high end homes. Yeah. Like uh, like even when you're driving up, I just this morning I saw some that were listed over there off of Orchard Lake when I was going to St. Mary. So I saw some of those posted up on these signs that were there for that too from Max Brook. So you chose how? Was it a coin toss? <laughs> what did you guys do to, to figure out what side you're going to go with? No, I, re I really always liked the name uh, Max Brook. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't necessarily put my focus on one price end versus another. Sure. I service all clients. In fact, I was in the office till 1 a.m. last night uh, preparing uh, some comparative market analysis, which are on the table now, mm -hmm. for a client uh, who is looking to sell six properties um, from thirty to sixty thousand dollars each? So I service all of those. I service the thirty to sixty thousand dollar clientele, and I service the four hundred thousand to four million dollar clientele. 
Uh, to me, uh, to me, business is business. And actually, my second biggest sale came out of a, a referral that I sold uh, someone a investment property for forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they referred me a buyer for uh, one point seven million dollars. Wow. So that was I, I never underestimate the value of a client, of a yeah. transaction or of a client. Yeah. Sure, I see some. You treat them all the same. Yeah, absolutely. Street names Brentwood. Are we talking seven of Woodward area Brentwood. Angster. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, over the years, you said you've been in the business for nine years now. Yeah, going into my ninth year. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Uh, what have you learned over the over the years, and 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 it, it, what a what a, the position of or the the responsibility of of a realtor? So, a little bit of a background. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad has had his uh, real estate license for probably going on thirty years now. Oh wow! And I used to always <clears throat> like helping him out at the office, and that's how I got the idea of going into real estate. Mm-hmm. I was in college. I was prepped to go to law school. I took my LSAT. I uh-huh. did very well on my LSAT. Then I decided uh, real, I, I liked real estate. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is um, to treat every client as if they're your own client. Yeah. They're your only client, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's very important to make the client feel like that and be genuine in that as well. Yeah. Um, there's different ways to approach different transactions, which I've learned over the years and I will continue to learn mm-hmm. over the next 50 years, God willing. Yeah. Uh, there's ways to approach a transaction if you need to approach it aggressively, if you need to be cool, calm, and collective about a transaction. Um, you, one of the things that I've really learned that um, kind of irks me is a lot of realtors don't actually read the purchase agreements and are just filling them out wow. on a standardized kind of like scripted form. Right. Um, you need to read it because yeah. um, I recently ran into a situation where my client uh, wanted out of the transaction and we had an out on the transaction. Right, right. And the other agent who's been in the business for uh, 20 plus years, um, didn't think we had an out until his broker actually called him and said, this guy's right. You, you have an out. Right. Right. And, and you, you were able to help your client out by kind of hurting yourself because now you, you're going to lose the, the, the commission, but your best, your, your, your focus is on the best interests of your client, obviously. Absolutely. My focus is on the best interests of the client. Yep. And although I may not get the commission at that moment, believe me, down the road, yep. when that client is thinking about purchasing again, that pl- client gonna is going to give me a call and <laughs> they're going to remember Joe did that. Absolutely. That's good. That, and that makes it one of the separators that, that you offer is that you aim for the customer, not for the profit right off the rip. You know, So that's a big separator right there. Is when you think of it like that. What other diff- what other things differentiate you? And your nine years of experience has set you apart from some of the other agents that are out there or brokering firms out there. What what gives you the the bit of advantage? So, um, I'm very well versed in the uh, legal aspect of real estate. Mm-hmm. In the mortgage aspect of real estate, I would confidently say that I am probably more well-versed than about 99.9% of the realtors out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as title work and insurance work, I'm very well-versed at those at all. Look, it's very important for a realtor to shop these services for a client. Sure. There's there's some lenders that are going to be mad at me for saying this. They're going to say, 
hey, let us do our job and you do your job. Well, my job is protecting the biggest financial uh, purchase of my client's life. And if I have to do that by means of shopping rates or shopping coverages right. or shopping a title company, mm -hmm. um, then I'm going to do that. Um, it doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it's my best friend. Mm -hmm. I'm going to shop the rate. Uh, for the client. So do do you are you do you, are you inclined on some mortgages like today if they threw you into uh, the mortgage industry since you say you, you've got that much um, uh, you know knowledge of it do you think that you just would be able to just jump into that arena if you ever really really want to by experience or or were you in it at some point in time? Uh, interesting that you asked that question. So I actually took my uh, mortgage loan originator class okay. just as a matter to gain experience, and I just took that recently, actually. Sure. So there's a lot of back-end stuff that people don't know about real estate, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of back-end stuff that I may not know about mortgages. So if I really wanted to, I think I could transition uh, into that. Sure. But I think my passion is uh, really at real estate right now. It's... Look, I'm only 30 years old, but it's one of the few jobs that I've held where I can literally get home, put my feet up, or be out on vacation and right. say, I earned this. Um, it's, it's really like kind of heartwarming to hear people say, you made my dream come true, you made this come true. Mm -hmm. And realtors do a lot more on the back end than you think that they do. Sure. They do a lot more. Explain some of that. I mean, because obviously you have the sense of accomplishment, which is great. That's what we all work for, you know, with, with doing stuff. What's some of the stuff that that realtors do do behind that we would never see as home buyers? So, whether purchasing or selling a home, let's assume you're getting financing on the property. Yep. Um, usually, the listing agent would meet the appraiser out at the property because they want to get the property appraised. They want to get it sold for the uh, for the purchase price. Mm -hmm. However, what I like to do, even if it's my purchaser, mm -hmm. I like to meet the appraiser out at the property. Okay. And I like to give the appraiser my own sets of comparables. And um, while the listing agent will provide list of upgrades and whatnot, um, some of the things that I've that I've done yeah. that that set me apart that go above and beyond. I'll give you an example. There was a uh, there was a client of mine who, when he became a citizen, changed his name. Mm -hmm. So now the lender's looking at his credit report <laughs> and sees, you know, who's uh, I'm going to use uh, fake names, who's uh, Anwar and who's Andy. I'm like, well, they're the same person. He changed his name, so I had to go down to the federal court. I had to go get his name change form. I had to submit that to the lender. Those are that's stuff that not every realtor will do for you, and that's stuff that not every realtor knows how to do yeah. for you. There was a situation where um, a client of mine had a company that he was no longer uh, he was no longer operating. Mm -hmm. The lender wanted to make sure that the company was no longer in operation, and the company was not dissolved on Laura. So I had to literally drive down to Lansing file a dissolution papers and drive back up for that transaction. <laughs> so it, it's, stu it's stuff that sets you apart. And if you don't think of those and if you don't come up with innovative ways, yeah. then uh, that can that can really be detrimental to your client. Yep. And, and where did you pick most of this experience? Was it over the, like you said, your father had his history already in this in this field. Did you gain a lot from what knowledge he had given you? Because <clears throat> it sounds like, not only do you you have common sense for the person buying, but also sounds like you have 
some wisdom that's passed on to you to know the angles. Where did that come from? So the wisdom is the work ethic uh, that my dad has passed down to me. Sure. And it's kind of the passion of helping people. And it was knowing the kind of business that he did back in the days, which was considered a high volume business, yep. which, uh, which, inspire, which inspires me. Where I learned that specifically, it was, it was really self-taught. Um, being that I was contemplating on going to law school, mm -hmm. gave me kind of a legal perspective and a legal, uh, legal vision on all of this. Sure. And I, I network with a lot of people as far as my own personal network. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone can call me and they can have an issue and I could refer them to three different real estate attorneys. I could refer them to, you know, uh, three different uh, inspectors or three different mortgage lenders. So it's all this was self was self-taught. It was it was strictly self-taught. Nobody nobody taught me how to do this except my dad who gave me the work ethics. And passing the LSTAT is no easy task and 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 studying for it teaches you a lot as far as organizing, how to study, how to review documents, how to do all that stuff. So having that in your arsenal and then having the you you passed uh what was the other thing that the other other thing that you studied for? And well, well, I took the uh, mortgage loan the mortgage originally. Loan, right. so, originator so you class. Have, yeah, so you have knowledge of anything that's gonna oh, that's gonna right. that's gonna happen in, in a in a closing, in a purchase, in a sale. Sure. Yeah. So that's you know you got to credit that and 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 that 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 makes you a, a you know desirable uh, real estate agent. Sure. How large of a um, how large of a capacity? Do you guys staff in your office that you work with? Or, you know, how, how many coworkers do you have, and and how do you guys pretty much? Huh? Well, I'm saying within his office himself, like you you're based out of you said West Bloomfield. So our office is based out of uh, West Bloomfield. Mm -hmm. um, the office that I'm at has north of 120 agents. Um, that's ju that's just in our office. Yes. Roughly about 120 agents. Um, there's probably close to 2,000 <coughs> agents within the company. Mm -hmm. um, it, really, a, a big part of the business is building your relationships. Mm -hmm. yep. um, there are seasoned realtors who have been seasoned much longer than me who are great realtors mm -hmm. who just haven't built many relationships who still sure. call me and say, Hey, do you know this guy or do you know this lady? <laughs> and uh, it's kind of something that it's even re realtors that I haven't even done deals with that still show me the immense amount of respect because I showed that back to them as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, how do you do that? How do you build? How do you build your your network? How how have you built your network? Uh, word of mouth. I'm doing a lot of social media advertising now, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of Instagram advertising. Uh, kind of you know giving people different uh different situations on should you rent or should you buy and what you should look for in a realtor and what you should look for in a lender and mm -hmm. kind of showcasing a lot of our offices listings as well gotcha and then you have uh you have you were going to give our, our viewers some advice on what they should know for closing what they should know when shopping for a house what they should know as far as an association uh, uh, documents might say or how they're bound by those things can you kind of share a little bit about what they should be looking for sure um, so I'm gonna run it through a couple of different uh, scenarios uh, briefly mm -hmm. so if you are on the purchasing end of a transaction 
and if you don't have knowledge or if you don't have already a lender that you want to go with and if you're um, if you're relying on your realtor to give you all these recommendations mm-hmm. make sure your realtor is giving you a list of lenders that you could go to a list of three say lenders that they've enjoyed doing business with yeah um, you actually we actually can't call them preferred lenders it's actually illegal under the real estate settlements procedures act okay. called RESPA. Um, make sure they give you th- a list of three different inspectors mm-hmm. um, and you could ask them questions about title fees. Is the title fee going to be different at any uh, other company rather than this one? Yep. Is it going to make a difference? Because you could choose your own title company. It's not up to the realtor. The realtor does not have discretion on your lender, yep. your insurance carrier, your title company, your inspector. has. The, your realtor has no discretion on that. That's your discretion. What does the, the, the realtor have discretion on? If anything, the realtor has discretion on following. You know, the the realtor doesn't really have discretion. The realtor has works to act ethically, and yeah. the realtor works for you. Yeah. If you come to me and if you want to buy a house, I'm working for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not working for anyone else. I'm working for you. No. Uh, we don't get we don't get kickbacks from those companies, and kickbacks are highly illegal. Yeah. Uh, from those, um, what's a little bit different in the real estate industry versus the mortgage industry is we could pay a referral fee to another agent. Yeah. Let's say I have a family member uh, looking for a home in Florida mm-hmm. and I refer it to a Florida agent. They could pay me a referral fee over here. Okay. However, in the finance industry, they cannot pay referral fees from one mortgage uh, loan originator to another mortgage loan originator. So, uh, so that's kind of something interesting to know as far as when I'm talking about, you know, kickbacks are illegal that's not that's not referral fees right we're talking about you know those are different yeah, exactly a diff- that's a different transaction altogether exactly so you know know that the process it's, it's not going to be an easy process mm-hmm. uh purchasing a home um it's not going to be an easy process but what i'm here to do is kind of come in take that stress off your shoulder and put it on my shoulders right because i can manage that stress because that's what that's what we do yeah that's what we do for a living as far as your selling process, um, as far as the selling process, you know, don't let your realtor just tell you a number. Hey, your house is worth this much. You can see over here, I have, uh, yes. I have five different comparative market analysis, yeah. and all of them are thirty plus pages, and these aren't for half a million dollar homes. Right, these right. are for thirty to sixty thousand dollar homes. Yeah. So, so if the I just data is out there. The data is out there, provide provided to your uh, provided to your client. Yeah. And one of the things I'm gonna I'm gonna stress is especially to uh, home sellers is if you have silver, it's only worth the price of silver. It's not worth gold. Mm-hmm. So right. people ask me how are, how's the market? I heard how I heard houses in this subdivision aren't selling. And my answer is the same thing every time. If you price your home the right way, your home is going to sell immediately. Yeah. I'm not saying price it at a steal, yeah. but price your home based fair on market. what... Exactly. Fair market value. Price your home at fair market value. Um, and you help with that, obviously, by, by of course, all your yeah. research yeah, Because you see right? here, he's got in his books, he does <clears throat> comparative market analysis in here, mm-hmm. and he's able to show you grids and stuff on what goes on within your, your area, too, as well, for comps. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, of course, and I, there, there's times where I've been to listing appointments where they've wanted to list with me, and I've said, I'm sorry, I can't help you, because if a house is worth 
uh, you know, two hundred thousand, and they want to list it for three twenty nine. Um, there's a lot of work. There's a lot yeah. of time, and there's yeah. actually there's actually a decent amount of money that goes into it for of the course, for the, the realtor side, yeah, uh, up front. Yeah, um, and buyers also, please don't think that you're going to get a steal in today's market is is simply not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Right now, the interest rates are are very low. I have a client who's looking at a home, um, who I sent them a home for five hundred thousand dollars. They said, "Really, our budget's about four sixty. I said, "Okay." I said, "Let me break it down to you like this." Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, "You're at five hundred thousand dollars with the ultra low interest rate. Here's your payment." Yeah. Now you wait about four or five months to buy. Yep. Let's say you let's say the prices of the homes drop hypothetically, just to kind of uh, yeah. go go against what you're saying. Sure. The home is now worth uh, four sixty. Mm hmm But the interest rates are up. Yeah. So now the interest rate instead of being three point six two five percent, it's four percent. Yeah. You only saved yourself about forty dollars a month. But you don't know if that home is available. And gambling, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that that that's a, that's a gamble. If it's your dream home, yeah. it's your dream home. If it's it, a perfect fit, it's a perfect fit because it's, you know, the inventory is a little a little scarce right now too, right? Yeah, it's it's absolute. It's a seller's market, and, and, right. and the cash buyers are picking up with no hesitation. They're yeah. not even bar. There's no there's no bargaining like was before. The, yeah. the bargaining table is gone. I'm there's right. no bargaining like there was before. Um, there's no going to the bank directly and getting foreclosed listings like there was before. Um, so I got a question for you in regards to exactly where you're, where you're saying this. So what makes the difference of some of these nicer homes that like have been on the market for, you know, over 10 months and haven't sold, you know, and then you have a house that was less than 30 days goes up and poof, it's already got like 10, you know, 10 uh, offers on it. What? What separates? Why does somebody sit that longer in, in a market that, like Anthony is saying, you got silver, you got silver. Yeah, you don't have gold. You price yeah. it correctly. Um, a, lo a lot of the stuff that goes into it too. I can't tell you how important pictures to a home are. Mm -hmm. Professional pictures. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't care the price range of the home. I don't even care if it's a lease. Yeah. Spend a hundred or two hundred dollars. Get professional pictures done on the property. Mm -hmm. Put those nice professional pictures up. Um, I actually work with a um, couple of uh, people who take professional photos who, if the home is vacant, mm -hmm. can actually s virtually stage the home. Mm -hmm. um, that will get people in the door. Once they get in the door, half the battle is getting them in the door. Mm -hmm. If you can't get them in the door, you can't achieve the other half of the battle, sure. which is selling it's a the tough home. sale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We, we had a young man on, just if you've never met him, we had a young man that we interviewed here, too. He did our, our um, mixer, too, but... He specializes in that. Brandon Abro, he he de he does work for realtors for those. He specifically was on that when we first did the interview. drones. Yeah, stuff with the drones and all that. But maybe we yeah, can link I, you guys up. Absolutely, I actually um, I actually didn't know that until uh, when I was coming in uh, this morning. Um, I I was informed of that, so I would I would absolutely uh, love to link cool. up with him. Cool. Yeah, well, we can. And any brokers out there? Yeah, any brokers. Any realtors out there should uh, look Brandon up. Yep, he's a, he's a good give him kid. a shot. Yeah. So, so I have a, another question that's just, uh, you know, mortgages and stuff can be tough at times for people, whether they're they're in a credit crunch or the um, difference of an FHA versus a conventional loan. Do you deal with any land contracts, and what is the benefits, or what could be the 
negative side of land contracts. Have you ever dealt with any of that stuff? So I, I do deal with uh, land contracts, mm -hmm. and I've dealt with several land contracts. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the really the price range in the area that you're looking in. Um, a lot of people, for example, these investment properties, yeah. the client is probably going to be willing to take a land contract on them. A lot of land contracts, they're going to require 25-30% down on the purchase. Sure. Why? Because off the bat, the seller is paying 6% in commissions, 3% to one side, 3% right. to the other side. Sure. And they want to make sure they have some financial security in the mm -hmm. home. Um, look, you, you said how difficult are land contracts. They're not difficult per se. They might require actually more of a financial investment. Mm -hmm. But if you're not working with a good lender mm -hmm. who can actually tell you, and again, this is referring back to the mortgage class that I took, who can actually tell you exactly what you need to do to in, a, in order to be able to qualify. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. You might have a credit card with a you know, $5,000 credit limit that you yep. owe $4,900 on, and you might have a credit card with a $1,000 credit limit that you owe $900 on. You might be paying off the higher balance credit card first, yep. when really it might make more sense to pay off the other one first. Yeah. So you, you, got, you got to look at all avenues of that. Um, a lot of times, what a lot of lenders won't tell you, and this is why if, you're, if your realtor's informed, mm -hmm. you, yeah. you'll, you'll be in a better position is, uh, you know, for example, if you're putting less than 20% down, private mortgage insurance. If, you're, if your credit score is at a certain level, mm -hmm. it might make sense for you to go FHA mm -hmm. because your, your FHA insurance will actually be lower than a conventional loan's private mortgage insurance. Gotcha. So, you know... It's well, it's nice to know that. Kind where, of stuff. where is that range? I mean, you know, you're on the realty side, but where is the range for an FHA? What's the r range of a credit score? Is it like the mid five to the mid sixes? Is it is it low sixes to, you know? So so there there are some lenders who deal with um, what they uh, refer to as subprime borrowers. Mm -hmm. um, usually, I'm seeing six twenty and up to be to be on the uh, safe side, uh, six twenty and up. There's some that offer special programs where the interest rate might be a lot higher, mm -hmm. um, where it might not, you know, there might be deals where it might not, uh, where it might be called a non-conforming loan, where it might uh, not conform to Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, so 620 and up is typically what the lenders are going to like to see. There was, there was a client who reached out to me via Instagram a couple of days ago, mm -hmm. and within about... 10 minutes of talking uh, to this client, I realized that we could possibly have a financing issue with this based on the questions that I asked the client. Yep. And that's probably the best thing that I could have done because last thing I want to do is, look, I don't care about, uh, I don't care time. about my time as much as I care about that client's yeah. time. Yeah. But if I would have went and showed that client 30 homes and then that client would have found something that they absolutely loved yeah. to, yeah. To, to have their dreams crushed <laughs> yes. by not being able to buy, it's like, all right, you know, because a lot of realtors uh, wait until their client's ready to put an offer because they just say, yeah, I'm making this much a year. 
-hmm. And maybe while they're looking, they can correct the, the, the issue. There's a lot of stuff that they can correct yeah. uh, while looking, yes. Right, right. And then that's the job that you were saying as a realtor that you and, and helping between you and possibly the mortgage people, you guys can back and forth it? or, or Exactly. You, okay. Yeah, we go back and forth about how to help the client and, you know, really assist any lender that I'm dealing with sure. to have a knowledgeable uh, realtor on the other end of it. Yep. So you're a very well-established young man, very impressive young man. Uh, give you a lot of credit for everything that you've done and and how far along you've come in this in these uh, nine years that you've been in the industry. Um, is there anyone you want to shout out or or thank for? I mean, the reason why you're here today besides your dad and, and shout out your dad. Give your dad some props. Uh, my my uh, parents, Farouk and Batul Simona. Um, shout out God. Yeah, God's God's for, important for uh, for having me here. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people who are inspirations to me. Um, one of my very good friends, um, who's actually the highest producing agent in the, in the state of Michigan is, uh, Kathy Brooke. Mm. Kathy's a very, very good friend of mine. Uh, she's really a role model. She's, uh, really an inspiration. S seeing someone attain so much success inspires you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's tons and tons of uh, family and friends uh, that, you know, I, I owe my success and uh, gratitude to, and as well as thanks on my future success. Yeah. And so you mentioned Kathy's, and, and she has the same last name there as Max. Is there any relation there? Um, there is. Yeah, I'm okay, not sure if it's the if she's a great granddaughter or the granddaughter or, yeah -granddaughter, I, I think I think uh, well 1895 that's a long time so it, may, it might be great granddaughter but I'm sure she'll call in and and, uh, and correct us hold on let me see hello Kathy hey <laughs> oh thanks for calling in yeah we were wondering if uh, hello <laughs> AT&T drop call <laughs> drop calls what are you gonna do yes uh, so go ahead Junior Usually, if, if there's anybody that we may have missed or any topics that... Yeah, anything that you yeah, want to yeah. cover that we, we may have yeah, forgotten there, to there's one Yeah, there's one thing that I just realized that you asked that yeah. I didn't, uh, the association thing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so about the association, you were, uh, you all might uh, recognize Joe from uh, the little uh, fake news channel CNN. Uh, Joe was uh, on CNN for, for an issue he had with his association. He's going to tell you a little bit about that. And he'll give you a little update because I'm sure... Anyone that recognized Joe was kind of curious about where that where, the where, where that stood. Sure. So, uh, really briefly, in 2005, we received a letter from our association asking us to remove our nativity scene. Uh, we refused to remove it. It blew up. Uh, we were on Hannity and Combs. We were on Anderson Cooper 360. Um, Mojo in the morning did a live nativity scene in our front lawn. Spike was actually the baby Jesus. <laughs> well, so. They rescinded the violation notice. They told me they would send me a holiday gift basket and asked me where they could send it. I said I didn't want a holiday gift basket. <laughs> they said, why? I said, I'll take a Christmas gift basket. Oh. So I had it sent to St. Vincent de Paul in Pontiac. <laughs> um, 2009, we received a letter uh, about our, uh, our Mary Mother statue, our Virgin Mary statue in our front lawn. Uh, that so how one, big is the mother? mother? By, by the way, it's like... I'm not kidding. You type in my name on Google uh, and go to Google Images, you'll see it. I think it's like 21 inches tall and yeah. like 17 inches wide Jeez. at its widest point. 
Um, the Oakland press reporter actually missed it when he was driving by because he, he didn't notice <laughs> Wrong it. Wrong house, he thought. Um, fast forward right now to 2019, uh, we received uh, what we believe was a bogus letter from the association in the mail uh, saying that there's overgrown weeds and there's statuary mm. lawn ornaments. Um, so I responded uh, with a very, very clever letter <laughs> um, saying that uh, the grass is not overgrown, the weeds are not overgrown. And I actually cited uh, news articles stating that in June of 2019, how we had three times more rain than May. Yeah. And another news article that said it's dangerous to mow your lawn while the grass is wet. <laughs> Um, and, that, and then I specifically told them, we're not removing the Virgin Mary statue. And I signed it and I said, with the love of Jesus Christ and the entire Holy Family. God bless. Um, so basically what happened with that is uh, we did not take the offensive end and the association has not filed a lawsuit in this. It's our belief that the association has a very, very weak position in this and that our position is very strong. The statue has been up for 16 years. Uh, there's the issue of waiver, uh, legal terminology, uh, issue of latches, legal terminology. Um, however, what what they're doing is they're enforcing this um, trying against, to, trying to okay. enforce this specifically against a religion because I drove through the subdivision, I counted over a hundred different lawn ornaments and uh, statuaries. And when we requested violation notices, which are allowed under the law, when we requested the copies of the violation notices, um, the, that request was denied. Um, so basically the statue's there, the statue's st not going stat anywhere. Statue's there, statue's not going anywhere. Know your association. But know your association, know your association, and know your association. Yeah. Um, it, know what they do and, and know what your rights are too because mm -hmm. what was interesting about ours um, and I'll, I'll wrap up this part of it what was interesting about ours is that they could only deny it if we requested permission which we don't believe that we have to request permission but it's their position that we do they could only deny it for purely aesthetic reasons mm -hmm. so someone would have to find that a one and a half foot by one and a half foot statue of the Virgin Mary is not aesthetic to them, appealing, yeah. um, which would be, which would be insane. <laughs> um, so, um, if the association does bring any action, uh, we, our attorney, um, who took the case, actually reached out to me and took the case pro bono from the Great Lakes, um, Justice Center, uh, will be representing us and, um, nice. you know, we appreciate cool. everyone's support. So in closing, we ask our guests, uh, what does it mean to you to be Chaldean? So to me, to be Chaldean is uh, a symbol of our faith and a symbol of our culture. And it, to me, it means being that, just being that person that, uh, that you know, everybody hopes to be, regardless of your culture, but, but we have it. Mm -hmm. what, um, you know, what I love about being Chaldean is you could take away whatever you want from us. You could cuss us out, you could cuss <laughs> our mothers out, but one thing you cannot do is you cannot take away our faith. Yeah. And that's one thing I love about being Chaldean. Oh, and uh, you know, being proud is really what it what it means to be Chaldean. And um, of course the occasional Doma Wuzi. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
<laughs> Good call. Yes, sir. All right, thanks for joining us, man. Again, Thank you're you. a very impressive man, man, brother. Thank awesome you. to have you. Thank you. It's awesome to have you. So in closing, we had Joe Simona, Joseph Simona from Maxbrook Realtors on with us today. And you get to uh, hear all about his experience growing in the industry itself and along with what help he can offer to you. Before we go, I just want to make sure that you subscribe to us. We are everywhere from uh, YouTube, which is our main source, also on Spotify, iTunes. You can listen anywhere you go on the go, on the fly, to be able to listen to this. We do have sponsorship opportunities available, so just check those out on KUWTCaldeans.com. See what's available out there for you, and join the, uh, the screen up here with us and let the exposure come. We do have availabilities also on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Anthony, myself, the interviews. There's not a single place you can't find us. So make sure you keep up with us as we are keeping up with you.